You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Three to two Astros, two out, no one on for Seattle, bottom of the ninth. Many in the crowd getting to their feet. Osuna's 3-2. On the inside corner, strike three. And that is the ball game. The Houston Astros win their ninth in a row as they break out the brooms in Seattle. 3-2 victory. There comes a time in everyone's life when talk is cheap and it's time to show up. To get back to the top and build a legacy. If we grind together, we can take it back. Our team. And our city. This is why we play. This is who we do it for. Take it back. For tickets, go to astros.com slash tickets or call 1-877-9-ASTROS. And greetings from Oakland Coliseum in Oakland, California, where tonight the Houston Astros open up a two-game series against the Oakland A's. Astros in the middle of an eight-game road trip that started with them sweeping a three-game series in Seattle over the weekend, including a 3-2 win on Sunday. Garrett Cole struck out 11 and gave up two runs over six innings. Michael Brantley two for four with a two-run single as the Astros won their ninth in a row, taking on an A's team that saw their four-game win streak end in their last game Sunday against the Rangers, losing 8-7 to in Arlington. Astros 11-5 on the year, while the A's are 10-9. It's time for today's pitching matchup brought to you by Houston Methodist, official health care provider for the Houston Astros. Houston Methodist leading medicine. Astros will send Colin McHugh to the mound. He, he faced the A's earlier this season last week when the Astros saw the A's at Minute Maid Park. And McHugh has been very good this year, relying a lot on his slider. On that slider, I almost call it a, a sidearm curveball. I mean, yep. He's had one of the best curveballs in baseball for the last few years now. He's dropping the angle on that. And, it's been good against righties and lefties, which is kind of shocking thinking about that slider coming into the lefties. But he's got the ability to shorten it up when he needs to so he can throw for strikes on both sides of the plate. Also to sweep it, make it a little bit bigger against some of these tough righties with two strikes. Meanwhile, Marco Estrada getting the ball for the Oakland A's. And it's been a, a rough stretch for Estrada working on extra rest. He was going to start over the weekend in Arlington, but that game rained, back, rained out, so he got pushed back a few days. Yeah, and this ballpark in particular favors fly ball type pitchers, and that's what Estrada is. Fastball and a changeup likes to live up in the strike zone, get you to chase, but with all this foul ball territory here at this stadium, uh, they figure he's got his best chance to, to have a good ball game. There's a stat these days that rank teams with their defensive efficiency, and it's basically how many outs do you record on balls put in play? And the Astros are close to about 72% this year, which ranks in the top five in the league. He's going on this one, and it's swung through for strike three, thrown into second by Stassi, and it is in time to get back up. It's a strike him out, throw him out, double play, and the inning is over. This one's poked to center field. Marisnik back on it. A long run again. Marisnik at the wall, and he gets there. Another great catch by Jake Marisnik. Hit to the deepest part of the ballpark. There's a little triangle that forms just to the left of the 401 foot marker in straightaway center field. And Marisnik went right to the point of that triangle when he made the catch and crashed into the wall. What a great play. You cannot do it any better than that. Keys to the game brought to you by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals on all models. Official sponsor of the Houston Astros. You look at what the Astros have done over this nine-game one streak. We've talked a lot about the offense and how much better it's looked, more timely hitting than we saw uh, the first seven games of the season. I think the defense has been a big part of it, too. 
I mean, we knew the Astros were a good club defensively, and not always necessarily web gyms either, just making so many plays on balls that you don't always see uh, other other players get to. That's right, you know, and their defensive positioning is really good. We talked about the defensive efficiency of the team and how high they rank it among major leaguers. They're, they're in the top five right now, executing outs on balls in play almost 73% of the time. So that's a great number. It gives a lot of confidence to the pitcher to go out there and challenge the strike zone. Coming up next, we'll have the manager show presented by Waste Management. A little later, we'll hear from Astros outfielder Michael Brantley. But now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that goodbye into the Landry's Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford Bach? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh-inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. Well, we're getting ready to open up a two-game series with the Oakland A's. I'm in A.J. Manager's office right now ahead of these two games. And Oakland, obviously a very tough foe in the division. You guys played them well, some close games at Minute Maid Park. What makes them so tough overall? Is it the quality of a bass, their bullpen? Yeah. What do you see? Well, a little bit of both. I mean, I think they they have some impactful parts of their roster. Their offense is really good. They, they don't swing it. Pitches outside the strike zone very often. They hunt heaters. They, they do a good job, um, you know, staying in innings. They've got some home run potential throughout their order. Um, and then when they get the lead, contrary to the last series where we came back on their bullpen, but they their lead their, their bullpen is really good in elite, and they're tough on specifically right-handed hitters. And and when you when we so we match up with them, you know we always feel like we have to grind through these games because they play complete games. They have a really good right-handed bullpen, um, and they have homer potential. And those are those are dangerous out, uh, situations. For the first part of that uh, description of the Oakland A's, it sounded a lot like your team. <laughs> no, I think I think they do they do. Look a lot like us, especially when, you know, when we were starting to develop as a having a good core. They do too, and they're missing one of their main guys in Matt Olson, but they have Matt Chapman and Marcus Simeon's turned into a nice player. Piscotti does a great job in the outfield. Chris Davis is one of the most underrated yeah. players in the game. He's just so so dangerous. And then um, you know when you look around the way the way they play, they they know their roles. They 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 you know Bob Melvin does a great job of squeezing as much out of this roster as he can, and it's why they they've been they've been a very good team. You know, I, I keep noticing more and more teams look like they try to construct their teams and their lineups like you guys do. Do you see that? A little bit. I mean, I think I think the game's evolved a little bit, and we usually try to be on the front end of that stuff. But you start seeing, um, you know, some power hitters at the top of the order. Or you, you know, the two holes become uh, what we traditionally think of as the three hole. And, um, you know, I, I see teams start to model after it. I hope they stay behind us. I hope we're always on to something different that other teams are are looking at doing but maybe a little fearful of doing. But um, I'll tell you this, the way that they script out their wins um, has a lot to do with Blake Trinan and Trevino in the yeah. back end. And, um, you know, they usually have some unheralded middle relievers that throw 95 and, and our yeah. hitters don't like to face. So the key in this ballpark is to get the lead because when, they, when they're playing from behind, they play a little more defensive. When they have the lead, their guys come out of the pen throwing gas. You came up with the Oakland A's as a player to begin with. When you came here at the Oakland Coliseum, it's not much different. I mean, it seems pretty much the same, but it's pretty dark, uh, kind of funky, smells a little bit different. What do you remember most, though? Your first shot at the major leagues yeah. probably seemed great. Yeah, no, anything was great when it had MLB by it. We yeah. didn't care, and, and the, the ballpark hasn't changed that much. And I, I don't know if that's a positive or a negative, but yeah. it's, it looks the same as it did in the late 90s. And, and you know, I remember – 
Um, you know, it's an immaculate field. It, it is. It does feel like a football stadium, which is one of the big issues that the A's people have. Is um, it doesn't feel that intimate. The, the foul territory is huge. Um, a lot of good memories here. My major league debut was here. It'll always hold a special place in my heart, um, as long as I can avoid the flooding and the rats. <laughs> All right, Jackie Robinson Day. You guys commemorate uh, what an unbelievable humanitarian person he was, and what he meant not just to baseball, but. It, uh, in life, it, talk about that for a second. Yeah, you know, um, in, in, every year we get to celebrate this, and I and I think I appreciate it more and more as as I you know get deeper and deeper into the games. Is that especially on this team, celebrating diversity is uh, is so important. I mean, we have so many different backgrounds and so many different upbringings, and 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 we we owe owe that gratitude to Jackie Robinson and Larry Doby and people people way back when um, who paid a lot of sacrifices to get. Uh, to get diversity in our sport, and and so when you look at our lineup tonight, and um, you know George Springer and 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 Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa and Yuli Gurriel, Tony Kemp when he gets in there, there's just there's um, you know diversity race of course, but just the opportunity to play at this level for any anyone who's good enough to play at this level can circle can circle Jackie Robinson as as the main reason. You feel like the players these days uh, have a, a grasp on history as much as they did when we played? Yeah, maybe not. I mean, big history like this. I mean, yeah. the, everybody will understand the Jackie Robinson part. His name's on every, you know, every every stadium is hung. Um, and, and, I, and I think as, um, you know, as you get older, you always want to reach back into that historical perspective and let the players know where people came from or what they what they did in the game. And, and it's days like this that, that remind you that there's so much of, of – of what was right about baseball back in the day yeah. uh, was paved by people before you. All right, that's A.J. Hinch. Thanks thanks a lot, and uh, good luck tonight. You guys, Margie. First pitch from Hernandez. It's a line drive, and it's up the middle for a base hit. Springer around third. He'll score. Altuve to third base on the sharp single by Brantley. Last year, Brantley with the Indians was 7 for 12 with the bases loaded, 583 average. Breaking ball hit sharply for the right side. That's a base hit. Kemp scores. Altuve around third and coming home. The throw to the plate by Bruce is cut off. Altuve scores. On the third goes Bregman. Brentley ties it with a two-run single. Two to two. Boy, he's so smooth. Let's the ball come to him. And he stays back very relaxed at the plate. Brantley with 11 RBIs on the year. As the Astros finally dent the scoreboard. Welcome back. Robert Ford joined by Michael Brantley's big hits in the Mariners series, a big two-run single, uh, and the Astros win to complete the sweep uh, on Sunday. And, you know, you look at what you've done throughout your career. Obviously, the numbers are very good. In scoring position, they're even better. What do you think is, is the key to being successful in, in those spots? Uh, just really trying to stay within myself and not do too much. Uh, in big situations, you get excited and you want to do a little bit extra sometimes. Just making sure you're staying evil, keel, you know, mentally, and just go out there and just take the best at bat you can. Have you always kind of had that approach, or did it take you time to, to learn that? It took me time to learn it. You know, as a rookie, as a young kid, you want to impress and you want to do so much so fast. Uh, it takes time. Uh, this is a very hard game that we play and a uh, very blessed game that we play, but at the same time, you got to stay within yourself at all times. You're in your first year with the Astros, spent your entire major league career with Cleveland but before this year. Going into the offseason, knowing you were a free agent, were, were the Astros a team that you kind of had your eye on? How did that whole process develop? Yeah, I, you know, I wanted to come somewhere where I had a chance to win. Uh, as first and foremost, and I knew some of the guys already from the All-Star game that I played with. I knew the coaching staff. So when Houston was interested, I was very interested. Um, you know, the culture they already had, and, you know, I just wanted to come be a part of, you know, something special and help them make them just a little bit better. 
Could you get a sense of that culture just from afar, even as a as an opposing player? Yeah, because you knew that when you came into Houston, you're going to have to play a good you know series to win that series. You knew the talent they had over there, the uh, the level that they played at every night that you're going to have to give it their best. So you know when you came in, now I get to join them. Uh, if you can't beat them, join them. They say right, but at the same time, you know. You knew what you were getting into every time you came, you know, to play the Houston Astros. Do you consider yourself, I mean, because a lot of people, they're going to see your age, they're going to see your experience and say, all right, this is a guy who can be a leader or mentor. Do you see yourself that way? Uh, I'm, I'm one of the guys. Uh, yeah. However they perceive me or whatever, however everybody wants to talk about, it doesn't matter. Within this locker room, you know, we're one. Uh, I think that's the most important thing. Uh, there's no leader. There's, you know, you got to be a good teammate at all times. So just be there for your team no matter what, good, bad, or indifferent. When you first got to the big leagues, who were some of the guys that, that really helped kind of show you the way and just get you prepared and help you learn what it was like to be a big leaguer? Yeah, I mean, Struva Cabrera comes to mind, Travis Hafner, Sensu Chu, you know, Grady Sizemore, just, you know, and the list goes on. Uh, I was very fortunate to have, you know, multiple guys open their arms to me when I came here and make sure I was doing things the right way and staying out of people's way, you know, the older guys' way, but, uh, you know, allowing me to come and play, you know, play my game at a high level. How much did it help you in terms of making that adjustment and learning about being in the big leagues? How much do you think it helped you having a dad who played in the big leagues and, and having that experience? Yeah, it meant everything. Uh, I'm very fortunate and you know lucky to have him not only as a father but as a you know big league hitting coach and a major league baseball player. I understand that, but I use it to my advantage. You know, I didn't take it for granted. You know, all the times he took me to the field with him, all the times he worked with me in the batting cage, it's very appreciative, and I wouldn't be here without him. You were a little too young to really have seen your dad play in the major leagues. What? How did you learn about your dad's career? Have you watched lots of videos of, of him playing or anything like that? I watched a few videos, but I actually learned it from you know guys that found out that he's my father, knew he was my father, and just basically told me you know how good of a player he was and how special he was at that time. And you know he was a five-tool player. You know he got hurt in his career and he didn't play as long as he would like. But how special he was coming through the minor leagues and all the stuff that he used to do. So, you know, I, I kind of learned it through that. How much, if at all, did your dad encourage you to play baseball? Did he just kind of leave you alone and then once you showed interest, help cultivate that? Yeah, a little bit of both. Um, I wanted to be a basketball player growing up. I didn't want to, I wanted to play baseball, but basketball was my first love. Uh, I was kind of short, uh, especially in high school when I got to ninth grade. I was probably one of the shortest kids on the, you know, on the court for sure. And uh, I figured I was a little better at baseball. You know, some big trees down there and seniors were throwing my ball the other way. So I decided that I'll go, I'll go play baseball full time. So that's how it kind of worked out. Tell me about your game as a basketball player. What, were you a shooter? Were you, were you a penetrator? What type of basketball player were you? I was both. I didn't like to shoot three throws, but uh, I shot a good three-pointer. Uh, I was a point guard because I was tiny. I dribbled the ball and, you know, loved getting some assists. Michael Brandley, so glad you're with the Astros. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. There comes a time in everyone's life when talk is cheap and it's time to show up to get back to the top and build a legacy if we grind together we can take it back our team and our city this is why we play this is who we do it for take it back for tickets go to astros.com tickets or call 1-877-9-ASTROS Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 